Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1957. Today, we're wrapping up our look at Allegiance and concluding the story of how the Mon Calamari officially joined the fight against the First Order that leads up to the rise of Skywalker. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So once again, this is a full spoiler podcast and so if you have not read Allegiance and don't want the event spoiled for you, then by all means save this episode for a later date. But if you're okay with me getting into the details that wrap up this element in the journey to the rise of Skywalker, then by all means stick with me and we'll have some fun with it. And as always, thank you again to Tim McMahon, formerly of the Less Than 12 Parsecs podcast and the Expanded Fandomverse podcast for helping to make these comic book episodes available for you. And I'm going to start backwards a little bit and let you know that there is an epilogue that is labeled as to be continued in The Rise of Skywalker, and that in itself is kind of fascinating. It does make you wonder exactly how directly it's going to be continued and tied and what it might mean for the events of The Rise of Skywalker. We'll get to that later on, but for now, you need to know that our heroes survived the bombing on the shuttle platform because Rey was able to, in a moment of panic and crisis, summon the Force and use a number of the shipping crates that were nearby to create a shield to protect all of our heroes from the explosion. And that's one of those things where like, you know, when you think about how people react in extreme situations, and we talked about this. In fact, I had a conversation about this with Patrick Johnson, the physics professor from Georgetown University in a similar vein, like the notion of, well, you know, if people can do extraordinary things in extraordinary situations, then certainly force users must be able to also do the same, even if they are not necessarily fully trained at this point. And so that seems to be the case with what happens with Ray. So they managed to spot the Quarren who tried to sabotage them and is running away, and Leia sends Ray and Rose off to capture the Quarren. Rose is able to borrow a speeder from a not entirely willing Mon Calamari and ends up cutting off the Quarren, pinning this rapscallion character so that way both Ray and Rose can capture and bring this Quarren to the Court of Justice where 
they get to reveal that this is somebody who was working with Chad Call G and the Department of Corrections, by the way, dropped me a line to say it's not Chad Doll, as I had said in the previous episode. It's Chad Call, got my K and D mixed up. Chad Call G, who was working with the First Order to try to curry favor with them. Oh, what a shock, what a shock, and how terrible this is. And so Leia takes this moment to say, look, you have to help me now. We need Mon Calamari ships. The Resistance can't win without the Mon Calamari ships, and without the Mon Calamari fighting with the Resistance, then Mon Cala will never be free. And she says, I know I'm asking you to make a sacrifice, but believe me, I know something about sacrifice. And there are shots of her remembering the loss of Han Solo to Kylo Ren and the loss of Alderaan in the Death Star destruction and stuff like that. And ultimately, you know, it's enough to convince the Mon Calamari to say, yep, you got him. And for the Quarren Nasser Reed to say, I'm going to make up for the sins of my soldiers. And so he pulls a Poe Dameron and flies out to meet the fleet of Star Destroyers that arrives at Mon Cala and distracts them. But Hux has already been through this one before and says, that was a distraction. Scan the area. And of course, a bunch of capital ships and Star Fortress bombers are escaping from the other side of the planet. This is something that I've always wondered about. Like when the Star Destroyers show up, why don't people try to escape out the other side of the planet. And that's exactly what they tried to do in this case. It wasn't entirely successful. The First Order Star Destroyers shot down a few of the Mon Calamari ships, but a bunch of them were able to make it into hyperspace. It's hard to say how many, and I was looking very carefully, but different panels show you different things, and it's not as though you can say for sure that the panels of the comic are telling you everything that you might want to know, but certainly a few different capital ships got away and at least a handful, a half dozen of the Resistance um, Star Fortress bombers, the ones that we saw in The Last Jedi, got away too. So it's you know better than nothing for sure. But as to whether that by itself is going to be enough to challenge the First Order, highly unlikely. It's a drop in the bucket, but it's certainly a necessary one. Now, as far as that epilogue in the story, well, let's talk about that after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the asteroid belt level at patreon.com slash SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com slash SW7X7 and look for the asteroid belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. So, General Hux is, of course, none too happy that a bunch of Mon Calamari ships got away. And, of course, is none too happy with Mon Cala having anything to do with the Resistance in general. Which, as we talked about in previous episodes, has been, you know, very firmly demonstrated over the course of the Allegiance storyline. And so you could consider all of that as foreshadowing for what happens here, which is that the First Order lands forces on Mon Cala and Hux's monologuing says, yeah, we're going to show the galaxy what happens when you take sides against the First Order. And so stormtroopers arrive and you see a Quarren family saying like, you know, this is what was going to happen. And, you know, it didn't have to happen because that <laughs> darn Quarren trying to curry favor with the First Order didn't have to reach out to the First Order. So... 
<sighs> yeah, unfortunately, it seems like we've got yet another corn on the wrong side of history on this one. But that is the point at which it says to be continued in the rise of Skywalker. And so it makes one wonder whether we're going to see an occupied Moncala in the rise of Skywalker. And something that isn't exactly made clear in Allegiance is the fate of Aftab Akbar. Now, one thing we do know is that Aftab appears in the Rise of Skywalker, so he is going to get off of Mon Cala at some point, but the question is whether he actually left Mon Cala during this exodus of Mon Calamari's ships, or whether he's still down on the surface, and if that means that we're gonna see some action on Mon Cala with him participating in it at some point. If I had to guess though, I would say probably not, not going back to Mon Cala because on the one hand, the point of going to Mon Cala in this story was achieved, that they got ships that they were going to get to be able to fight against the First Order. So, you know, maybe there's more that they could get if they go back in force when the First Order is left, but it doesn't seem like they're leaving anytime soon, so there's that. But the other thing is that in thinking about Star Wars movies and about the planet hopping that happens in them, well, for Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi, the planet hopping was comparatively minimal, and I know that you could make a case for it being really crazy with the Order 66 montage, but, you know, I don't think we can count that officially in that regard. I don't think it's really fair to do that. So we already know of four different planets and or moons that are appearing in The Rise of Skywalker, and that seems like a good chunk of planet hopping already, from the moon of Kefbir, where the wreckage of the Death Star is, to Pasana, and who knows what's happening there, except for running into the First Order, and the planet Kijimi, where we're going to meet Zor bliss and then of course whatever jungle planet we're seeing which you know certainly could be Yavin 4 uh, yeah hard to say for sure but anyway yeah we're already planet hopping pretty well in the rise of Skywalker so I would kind of be surprised based on those two particular things uh, surprised to see us go back to Moncala in the Rise of Skywalker itself, but if you have a different opinion about it, then by all means, let me know. For now, though, that is going to do it for this episode and for our look at this aspect of the journey to the Rise of Skywalker, the Allegiance series from Marvel Comics. And once again, thank you to McMahon for helping to make this possible. So... For now, it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this and every episode. And may the force be with you wherever in the parsec you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademarks and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.